I love stories, and one of my favorite roles is the character appears out of nowhere to help the hero on their quest. Cinderella would never have gotten to the ball without her fairy godmother, and Luke Skywalker, there's no chance he could have become a Jedi and defeat the evil empire without the help of Yoda. These wonderful characters who listen generously, who draw upon their experiences, who provide inspiration, insights, and ideas. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. I'm the host of the platform Chatter That Matters. And in my small business series, my idea was to personalize the quests of small business owners. I wanted to identify their dreams and challenges, the complexity of doing business in today's environment. And then I'd match them up with some extraordinary thought leaders, the Yodas who could help them get to where they need to go. I aimed high some of the brightest minds, and surprisingly, only one said no. Over 10 weeks and 10 podcasts, 31 stepped up with advice that just isn't for the small business owner. It's for you, it's for me, and it's for all of us. So I wanted to share the best of the best. Dr. Trung Ngo joins us in episode two, where small business owner Paul Hambro is transforming his healthcare business from an equipment company to health hub. He wants to put the future of healthcare into the patient's hands. The challenge, though, is with COVID and all of this uncertainty, no one in healthcare has time to think about the future. To give you context, Dr. Trung Ngo understands hardship. He's a refugee from Vietnam who found the will to become a doctor, and today he's renowned for his work helping patients with complex chronic pain. In his position, he understands the complexity of navigating the healthcare system. His advice to Paul is get back to basics and get it right. And the more you've mastered your basics, the, the better you'll be at navigating future challenges to increase your chances of success. That's great advice for entrepreneurs. I asked Dr. Noah if there's any other ancillary benefits that could come with having that base intact. The stronger this foundation is for him, the calmer he'll be during any of these challenges. So uncertainty can become more exhilarating rather than draining. You know, what we learned through the entire series, and even in my work hosting webinars and tech conferences, is that we are truly dealing with unprecedented change. And when that happens, it's easy to feel like the glass is emptying, that the sky is pressing down on you. But our thought leaders drawing upon their research and experience prove time and time again that you can always find a silver lining in every cloud. In episode four, we travel to Newfoundland and meet up with Joe O'Brien. Joe and his brother built O'Brien Tours into a five-star whaleboat touring company, complemented by owning restaurants and gift shops. Then COVID hits and his boats are cast ashore. I reached out to thought leader Alexander Blum from Silver Lining Marketing and asked her where the opportunities might be. The North American consumer versus the global consumer is his target. They're less expensive to target and a little bit easier to market to versus the global consumer. The high net worth consumer is likely to rebound first and they want great experiences. They're also going to be a little more demanding. I said, Alexander, where can Joe find the people that come to Newfoundland and experience everything he has to offer? He is going to have a wonderful sort of focused audience of high net worth individuals that before may have traveled to Iceland to see the puffins. Now they can go to Newfoundland, which is a little less scary, a little closer, and just as magical. Is there anything else? Joe has a great opportunity to increase and up his game in terms of what he offers on his restaurant menus, like signature cocktails, 
Uh, he has an opportunity to increase his collectibles in the gift shop and to create some great themed tours, which normally very, very high price bucket list theme tours. Joe has so much cocktail currency and amazing content to educate consumers. So alumni associations that are looking for great travel destinations more in North America than any time before. And then companies like Blythe and Company, it's going to be difficult to convince parents to let their kids go abroad for a gap year. But imagine Joe as like Professor Joe giving these kids the experience of a lifetime. Yuchwal Arkagald is an award-winning cultural anthropologist and entrepreneur. He also jumped aboard Joe's boats with these inspiring and research-backed statements. People are rethinking, what is luxury? Should I spend the money on the Prada bag or should I spend the money on going and experiencing things that are suddenly so near and dear to me? In what way? People are craving an understanding of some of these experiences that they otherwise can't get. Some of the entrepreneurs we covered had products that you needed to, to taste and touch. It's tough in a COVID world. Take Christy Knowles with her Mother Raw brands. They're made in Canada. One of the experts I reached out to was Daryl Jones, CEO of Save On Foods. Asked him what his thoughts were for getting consumers to try your brands over well-known international ones. And what Daryl Jones said is local is important, but when it comes to food... The most important thing that you can do is get that taste profile, get that into people's mouths, and then get the word of mouth out at how great it tastes. Andrew Black was another thought leader, one of the top minds in North America for helping entrepreneurs scale their brands. He's also an expert in consumer packaged goods. And he agreed with Daryl. We're talking about another food brand, Sheena Russell, and her Made With Local. I think she needs to do uh, more and more sampling once COVID allows her to do that. You know, the word value has lost much of its value as it seems to find its way into every conversation. So I went to one of the brightest minds I know, David Kincaid, to define value. It's not what a product does, but what it enables. Here's Dave talking about Paul Hembro and Health Hub. Have him step back and figure out how to articulate the benefit of the technology, not the capabilities of the technology. And what else? And I do believe Paul has a great opportunity to change the frame of reference from being, well, we've got televisions in hospital rooms, to actually being this higher order, emotional and rational benefit discussion around connectivity. Jennifer Menard's the founder of Staff Shop. She staffs events. Many of her competitors look to the cost advantage of bringing in contract workers where Jennifer prefers full-time, well-trained employees, feeling it's a better service. Well, I asked Joe Jacklin, the reinventionist, who's helped change some of the biggest brands in the world. In a world where price is sadly the primary tiebreaker, will people value what Jennifer offers? What Joe says is it comes down to communication and credit. Are you helping customers, when they're making a purchase decision choice, understand the enormous benefits of having a core team that is constant. If she's getting credit for that important difference between her and her competitors, fantastic. Joe goes a step further and provides incredible advice for anyone or any product or service. If you can't be first in a category, then 
draw a circle around a new category, find a way to do it differently and become the first in that. You know, Tony used to use an expression years ago, which I, I, I'm pretty sure I stole on several occasions. You know, what's the tiebreaker? Kelly Peters is a co-founder of BE Works. It's comprised some of the world's leading experts in the application of behavioral economics to real-world challenges. Kelly joins us on episode four, where Lisa Taylor and her business Challenge Factory is working to reinvent the future work. In Kelly's eye, establishing value comes through delivery and sharing results. She's got a very strong foundation and she's established a purpose and linked her passion with purpose. But the next thing that organizations need from my experience is understanding what kind of results they can expect. And the sooner you can get to talking about results, even if they're not from the same industry, uh, people can actually be very flexible and lateral thinking and go, okay, so you've done that in that industry. I can see where that might help me in my unique situation. I'll be right back with the experts recap. Hi, it's Tony Chapman. I'm proud to host Chatter That Matters and equally proud that RBC is my presenting sponsor. This week, they launched Canada United, the national movement to promote the importance of moving Canada's economy forward by having us all shop local. And they brought together 60 of Canada's leading brands and organizations, all laddering up to a nationwide shopping event the weekend of August 28th to 30th. But it doesn't stop there. Pull out your mobile device and social media and hashtag Canada United. For each social action, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, RBC will contribute five cents up to $2 million to support small business, the heart of our economy. Here's to RBC and to all of you, because small business matters. Chris Barrett runs a new world agency called Operatic. It's this sort of science and art that fuse together to understand what channels to engage the consumer. Chris steps in to help restaurant owner Ernesto Gomez, who's chosen to build his own delivery service versus pay the price of an aggregator. Chris leaps on this point of differentiation, but not based on cost savings, but based on the consumer's benefit. He mentioned that one location uh, straight to your door service, which is how they're doing delivery, right from Nuba to their customer, is a lot safer than hitting seven restaurants along the way, uh, like they would do with Skip or um, Uber Eats, for instance. That story really needs to be told. That's a great lesson from Chris. Always see initiative through what matters most to your customers. While we are on Ernesto Gomez's story, we can't help but mention Duke McKenzie, who understands influencer marketing more than most in North America. I asked him if a small business could still get heard. He points directly to the power of personalized storytelling. They actually have a monopoly on storytelling, especially personality-based media that the big brands have a very hard time capturing because, because the big brands have to struggle with authenticity. Think of that. Think of what is your story and why does it matter to the people that matter most to you? I've known Nancy Rooney for years. I watched her grow into one of the most respected marketers with an expertise in food service. She works for PepsiCo in New York. I asked her to step in and help Christy Knowles and Mother Raw and how they might take her condiments into the restaurant business. Here's what Nancy had to say. 
it's an important place where you can build your brands over time. This is where your consumer live, works, and plays. And so your chance to create a unique brand experience, to bond to a particular moment, to really stand for something from a brand purpose perspective is exceptional. You know, one of the advantages of a small business is you have a clean slate. You can create the perfect name and positioning. You can also test and refine. I asked Beverly Hammond, our positioning expert, what she thought of the name Challenge Factory. Challenge Factory is a clever name, but it doesn't reflect the benefit that the organization offers business leaders and businesses today. If she can change her name to reflect the benefit, that would be great. If she cannot, then she should consider a tagline that describes very simply what it is she provides and the benefit she can provide to employers and businesses at this time. You know, mass marketing is a drift net where you, you pull it out and you hope to catch anything you can. But digital marketing is more like fly fishing, the perfect fly to find the perfect fish. I went back to Chris Barrett, one of the best at digital marketing, to ask him his advice for Ernesto. Chris begins by saying, know your marketplace. On average, we can see that there was almost 9,000 monthly searches uh, conducted for food delivery options within his area of Vancouver. So once you know the opportunity, what do you do then to go after your fair share? If you don't show up, you have no chance of winning the battle for preference. Uh, If you want to win preference, you need to understand that intent has become more important than just identity. Anything else? 88% of people say that they trust online reviews as much as personal recommendations, so it's huge. Sabrina Jeremiah is the head of Google Canada. I invited her in to help Francois Theriot with his made-to-measure men's retail business, Sermisseur. Sabrina shares some important research. 89% of Canadians, they're choosing retailers based on a really great digital experience. But Sabrina, a big part of Sermisseur is their personalized service. How can that be replicated online? You know, personalization doesn't necessarily need to be personal. So we've seen some different companies like Indochino has a very similar business model. They've shifted a lot of their bookings from in-person to virtual bookings. Sabrina goes one step further. She's had her team run tests on Sermisseur's website. When you go to his website right now, I would call it transactional. Their speed is not quick enough. Does speed matter that much? For every second that you are delayed, you're going to get a 20% drop in conversions. So what should Francois do? One of the key things is just having the right assortment to get people to come into stores. We are seeing spikes in things like active wear, leisure wear, because people are working from home. Times like this where the only certainty really is uncertainty. Many of our thought leaders recommended that small business owners narrow their focus. Here's Beverly Hammond and then Carol Paxton advising Lisa Taylor. I think she really needs to narrow cast and focus on what it is she can offer leaders and businesses today. She uses Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And I would recommend that she consider focusing on two or three platforms. In other cases, broadening the strategy or finding new sources of revenue is imperative. Carby Fine, one of the brightest digital minds in the country, without exception, steps in and offers this advice to Tracy Shepard in episode one. 
I don't think it's unfair to ask the customer to pay for something that you fundamentally believe is going to add value to their lives. And so, you know, my, my grandmother used to teach me all the time, if you don't ask, you don't get. Fabulous advice for all of us. If you don't ask, you don't get. In the same vein, Dr. Chong No encourages Paul Hambro and Health Lab to look beyond the hospital. What about the people who are staying in, in bed in their own homes, in um, post-surgical care? Their connection to the hospital might be limited. Here's a chance for him to use his technology to connect not just people in the hospitals with the outside world, but the people from the outside world to the hospitals. And Lisa Kimmel, who's the CEO of Edelman, Canada and Latin America, encourages Carly Schuler from Hoot Reading to expand from literacy to STEM. It's really, really hard to constantly be attracting new clients. And by expanding her focus to other areas, like STEM as an example, she has the opportunity to extend her relationship with her customers over a longer period of time. Oh, I love bringing on John Ruffalo. In fact, I did a further tuck on video with him. He's one of Canada's thought leaders in our new economy and a mentor to the leaders of many successful businesses. Here's what he has to say. I would be trying to leverage both an indirect and direct channel for her to get efficient and constant demand. So on the direct channel is really understanding her digital strategy and trying to get those dollars as efficient as possible so she can convert clients very, very quickly. I would supplement it with an indirect channel. You know, as an example, going to public school systems or private school systems and trying to encourage those educational institutions to use this service as a distribution channel to not only help their own students, but they may have a bunch of teachers who want to have some part-time gigs on the side and get some additional cash. Stephen Shaw is a Canadian who's making his mark and then some in the entertainment field. His resume? Well, he's worked for Oprah, The Rolling Stones, Broadway plays, and more. He looks at Jennifer Menard's staffing business, and he likes her premium strategy for branding, but he advises her to become more than just staffing. To invest in your assets, broadening skill sets, making them more versatile, making them be able to handle a multitude of roles, add maybe security to her services, but also temperature checks. Speaking of expansion, Jeannie Becker looks at Francois and is made to measure menswear and says you're leaving half the population behind. Women are really craving these well-constructed quality uniforms now. And because women, biggest complaint from women is fit. The fit, the fit, the fit, the fit's never right. They can never get something to fit right. Nancy Rooney, VP of PepsiCo, puts on her creative hat, offers Christy these ideas for her mother's raw condiment brands. I think she could look to explore relationships with food trucks, with aggregators, local restaurants, anywhere where there's an opportunity to sell uh, sides and condiments. Bobby Sani is part of the final episode. He runs an agency called Ethnicity Matters. If you're a marketer trying to tap into the ethnic market, well, Bobby's the person I would call. Bobby talks about food companies having to understand the needs of their customers. Looking at the ingredients, you know, are they catering to the, the dietary needs, as an example, uh, of different ethnic communities? 
Another theme that wove through the entire series is that today, profit and purpose can go hand in hand. The entrepreneurs that are chasing more than profit, that go after a higher purpose, they succeed. Andrew Black has fully supported this strategy, but also reminds the entrepreneur to ensure that the consumer understands it. I think it's good for business, but I think that it's only good for business if consumers that fall in love with their brand care about it. When I first asked RBC to provide experts for each episode, I thought it'd be all financially based. We got plenty of that, but we also gained an appreciation for the depth of this bank. Take Carolyn Paxton, for example. Her knowledge of social media is second to none, and she offers this advice to Lisa Taylor. I think since Lisa has a B2B business, I would recommend that LinkedIn be one of her primary channels going forward. Carolyn doesn't just stop there. She goes on a detailed plan that's iframe, less is more. She has a lot of uh, two to three minute videos on YouTube. And I think there's an opportunity for her to edit those down to potentially a few 30 second bite-sized segments. Folks are much more apt to engage in shorter clips. And then she could use those on some of her other channels, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn, to deliver her messages in small segments. Think about it when you're presenting. Instead of these long PowerPoint decks, over-message ads, less is more snackable content that's tasty and digestible, and serve where your consumer lives, works, shops, and plays. How about Laura Davey advising Paul Hembro? Cash really is king. So understanding what is your cash position today And then what is it going to look like in three months, six months, nine months? Laura Darlington comes in and talks to Lisa Taylor about how important in today's uncertain world that you scenario plan. Things are changing every day. Scenario planning is key. Not only will it help to instill confidence in conversations with your financial institution, but it will also help Lisa make the right decisions for her business and take away some of that anxiety. Kelly Soriel from the East Coast provides heartwarming advice to Joe about being prepared and being transparent. Doing a little homework around what resources you have available, what plans you have, what are the assumptions that actually stand up those plans. You know, your advisor will likely ask you why a number of times through the conversation and maybe challenge some of your assumptions, but the objective of that is really just to have a real true understanding of of your situation and your plan so that we can support and advise you. Jane Henderson, who just absolutely blew me away by our understanding of the food channels and retail and grocery, tells Christy Knowles from Mother Raw, treasure your equity. She can use bank debt to invest in capital equipment that will help her increase her production capacity or improve her efficiency and and, and often enhance innovation. At the end of the day, she will be able to grow that business without giving away that precious equity that she's worked so hard to build. She also talks about you can't build a business from the roof down. There's a temptation to start with the top, the, the roof and just drive sales. But you need that strong foundation and a line of sight to positive cash flow and a positive net income to be able to continue to invest that in the business. Eric LeBlanc is one of the people at RFBC that quarterback their technology strategy. He chats with Carly. We try and really understand the business plan and 
you know, what the business is trying to achieve as much and spend as much time on that as we do on the financial statements often early on. I love getting to know Karuba Sankar from RBC. He's an expert in procurement, but he's so passionate about having a strong diversity program and what it means for humanity, what it means for our country, our economy, RBC, and the individuals benefiting it. He shares his thinking with Jennifer Menard. Being a certified supplier, they get access to the procurement opportunities and uh, supplier development program and mentorship programs. Karuba is quick to point out, though, that might open the door, but you still have to win the business. And uh, obviously, you know, the ones who has the best merit wins it. Kelly Soriel also talks about the importance of forecasting to build credibility with your bank. Clearly, working capital and cash flow constraints, you need to understand what they mean. And the way you do that is by building forecasts. I think the more you're prepared, the more you can anticipate change and plan for it the higher you thought about, not just by your bank, but your investors, in fact, anybody you're doing business with. Lolita Guerrera comes in and talks about Francois Thiriot's business. Lolita works in Quebec, but she's also an expert in retail. And she's so blown away by how Francois pivots. The fact that they were able to pivot and produce something such as masks or you know, our first care providers is a testament to what they believe in. And then there's Sid Paquette. Sid's reputation extends beyond RBC. He really understands the capital markets. And he provides some timely advice for Paul Hembro. What Paul needs to do is allow us to come into the tent. We can't problem solve if we don't fully appreciate the issues. You know, we could have produced at least two more podcasts with all these exceptional insights and ideas and inspiration from our thought leaders, from our Yodas. Each and every one of you stepped up for these small business heroes. Here's a standing ovation for you. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com. Chatter That Matters is produced by Tony Chapman Reactions and Eye Contact Productions.